Welcome to the Living Room Podcast. The Living Room is the college ministry of Buckhead Church in Atlanta, Georgia. For more information, you can check out thelivingroomatl.com. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy this talk. How are we feeling tonight? Y'all doing good? Everybody doing all right? That was incredible. Thank you, Paul and Desi and band, for leading us so, so well. This is a move. I love that we just said that song leading into me walking on the stage because you probably don't think about this a lot, and I don't necessarily think about this a lot, but tonight is the 15-year anniversary of The Living Room. It's the 15-year anniversary of us being a ministry, and I've only been a part of it for about three and a half, and, but, but I think that song is so appropriate because when I think back on just the last three and a half years, but then when I hear stories and, and hear about things that happened over the course of the past 15 years, I don't know that there's another way to describe it other than this is a move. Like God has done some absolutely unbelievable things and I just really, really believe that he's just getting started. And so man, welcome to the living room. I'm so glad you guys are here on our 15 year anniversary. We didn't really play it up too big, but it's a pretty big deal. And what's really cool is 15 years ago in 2005, when the living room began, uh, there was a guy named Brad Horton, who is now my boss, still very much involved at the living room, works for the living room, but he's over all the living rooms, because you may not know this, but there's living rooms happening at three of our campuses. There's a living room in Woodstock. uh, There's a living room up in Cumming, Georgia at Brownsbridge Church. And so we're one of three campuses and uh, Brad is over all of that now, and Brad Horton is actually sitting in the room tonight. He's here most Monday nights, so can we just thank Brad for his investment? Um, And we're really standing on his shoulders, and uh, he, man, so many hours and hours and hours and seasons and seasons and seasons of work and prayer to lay the foundation for where we are today and where we're going, and so, man, um, I just honor him, and uh, 15 years, that's really, really Amazing, but man, I'm excited for tonight. If we've never met before, my name is Matt. I get to lead the team here at the living room at Buckhead Church, and I love it, and uh, the team is amazing. I'm telling you, if you haven't met the staff, meet them. If you haven't met the volunteers, meet them. They're incredible, Um, but I'm really excited for tonight because tonight we're continuing on in this series that we kicked off called Guaranteed Ways to Ruin Your Life. Guaranteed Ways to Ruin Your Life. And if you're anything like me, you might be a little bit skeptical when you hear that series title because you're thinking, wait, Did he just say guaranteed? Like guaranteed ways to ruin your life? Like I kinda have some trust issues, so maybe you're not like me, but when someone makes me a guarantee, I'm always a little bit skeptical. I'm always like, whoa, what do you mean you're guaranteeing this? Like how do you know that this is gonna happen? Like can you see the future? There's no way you can make a guarantee. So maybe that's you tonight. If it is, I fully understand, but let me explain. Here's the reason we titled this series Guaranteed Ways to Ruin Your Life. It's because this series really isn't based on theory. No, it's based on predictable outcomes. Throughout this course of this series, over the course of these three weeks, we're talking about three things that you need to avoid like the plague in your life because these three things are guaranteed ways to ruin your life. And in part one of this series, we talked about pride. And we said, if you wanna ruin your life, be prideful. And we talked about how all of us need to begin to recognize our pride, recognize that we may have a pride problem, all of us do to some extent, and we need to recognize our pride so we can begin to let go of our pride, so that we can begin to walk forward in humility. And then tonight we get to continue on in this conversation in part two of this series, and I'm really, really excited about it. And as I was preparing for tonight, thinking about this talk, it got me thinking back to when I was dating my now wife, Anne, and Anne and I have been married for a little over six years. But when I was dating Anne, uh, we dated for about two and a half years before being engaged and 
getting married, all that good stuff. Um, but when we were dating, we were dating most of that time in a long distance relationship. So I was living in St. Louis, Missouri, and was living in Clemson, South Carolina, going to Clemson University, go Tigers. And, uh, and I would go and visit her, but obviously like that was a tough drive to make. That's like 12 or 13 hours. So I only made the drive like one time, I think, if the hat. Um, but I would fly whenever I could. Like I would just save up my money from the job that I worked. I was living at home at the time. So I'd save up money and I'd buy plane tickets, you know? So I'd, I'd usually get down to South Carolina like once every month or two. It just somehow worked out. It's not for everybody, but it worked out for us. And every time that I would come back home to St. Louis from visiting Ann in South Carolina and spending time around her family and friends, my family and friends in St. Louis would always say, Matt, like, bro, like, why are you talking like that? And I would be like, what, what do you mean? Like, what am I saying? And they're like, no, it's not what you're saying. It's how you're sounding. Like, why do you sound like that? Like, you have this weird accent. It's like a cross between a Southern accent and a Midwestern accent. And we just don't know what to do with it. And like, you're kind of freaking people out, you know? Like, not really, but it's just weird. And I was like, I don't know. You guys are crazy. Like, I don't have an accent, you know? But at this point in my life, I was in community college. You know, I thought I was gonna be a teacher. So I was taking teaching courses, classes, and I was substitute teaching on the side to kind of make some extra money, but also to get some experience in the classroom. So I was subbing in like elementary and middle schools. And I'm not lying to you when I say this, every single time that I would substitute teach, there would be at least one student who would come up to me or maybe raise their hand and be like, um, excuse me, Mr. Noblet? And I'm like, yeah, that's like my best imitation of a fifth grader. They're like, Mr. Noblet? Um, where are you from? And I'm like, where do you think I'm from? You know, and like kind of getting sassy. And they're like, oh, maybe Texas or California. And I'm like, no. And then no joke, one day one kid goes, I think you're from Australia. And the whole class was like, yeah, you are. You're Australian. Are you from Australia? The land down under? I'm like, no, like I'm not. I'll give you Texas or California, but Australia, really? Like, have you heard an Australian accent? It's my favorite accent in the world. I'm not gonna lie, but I cannot do an Australian accent. What are you talking about, bro? Like, I wanna fight you. You know, I didn't say all that. But that's how I felt, honestly. I was like, Australia, what? But I say that because you know what I realized after like, Every time I sub, people like not being able to figure out my accent and where I'm from, I was like, hey, I do think that my voice probably does sound a little different. My accent sounds a little different. I hope it's not still in that zone. Maybe some of you are like, man, I always thought he was Australian. I'm not. Um, but here's the point I'm trying to get across to you is that we become like the people we are around. We even start to sound sometimes like the people we're around. And you know this to be true in your own life. Like, I don't have to prove this to you because if you've ever been around people who gossip a lot, then guess what? Eventually over time, you begin to start gossiping whether you want to or not. If you're around people who cuss and have really bad language, like you know those type of people who are like creative in the way that they cuss? Like you're like, hold up, say that again? Like I'm writing that down. Like I never knew you could insert a cuss word into that type of sentence. That's actually really impressive, man. That's wow, amazing. Like some people are just good cussers. Like I don't know how, to, how else to say it. Like if you've been around people like that though that use bad language a lot, eventually over time, guess what? You start to use bad language. If you're around people that are sarcastic, you become more sarcastic. If you're around people that are really negative, you start to look at the world through a negative lens. If you're around people who are really encouraging, then you become a much more encouraging person. If you're around people who laugh and have, like to have fun, then guess what? You're gonna probably start to laugh more and have more fun in your life. If you're around people who are really positive, like they're just super positive, then you're gonna start to see the world through a positive lens. And here's really the, the main point I wanna get across and I'm trying to get to sink into us, and it's this right here. Your friends matter. 
Your friends matter a lot. And they matter a lot in every season of life, but especially in this short, unique season of life known as college. Your friends matter, and here's why. Because in this season of your life, you are spending and investing so much time and energy and even money in preparing for your future. Preparing for your future career, your future relationships, your future family, your future opportunities that might come your way, your future finances, your future goals. You are thinking so much about your future. And can I just tell you this, your friendships, they shape your future. Your friendships will shape your future. Your friends matter. In fact, you've probably heard this said before, something along these lines said before, maybe you've seen it like on a quote somewhere before that, hey, if you show me your five closest friends, then I'll confidently predict your next five years. Like, I think that might be a little bit of a stretch in some situations, but I actually think overall it's pretty accurate because of this principle right here, that your friendships shape your future. Now, I I just wanna pause for a second because I know what some of you might be thinking because it's probably what I would be thinking if I was in your shoes. You might be thinking something along the lines of, okay, man, I'm with you. Like we're talking about friends tonight and friendships and how our friends matter and our friendships shape our future and I get it. And you're probably about to, to pivot here now and you're gonna tell me that like, I just need to think about my friends and I need to distance myself from a lot of them because I'm hanging around some people that aren't good influences and like, you're probably about to tell me, Matt, that like, you know what, you just need to not be friends with anyone who smokes, drinks, cusses, you know, does any bad things, says bad words, like watches R-rated movies. Like I just, I just basically, what you're gonna try to tell me is that I just need to disconnect, disconnect myself from the entire world and just kind of lock myself in my dorm room and like put on headphones and listen to sermons and read my Bible and just, you know, watch, TBN on TV and like just just zone out from the world. That's what you're about to tell me, something along those lines, right? (laughs) That might be a little dramatic, but some of you are thinking something along those lines. And can I just say this to you? If that's kind of what you're feeling, if that's what you're thinking at all, can I just give you the freedom right now to like take a deep breath? Take a deep breath because that's not where I'm going tonight. That is not the point of this talk at all, that you just need to, disconnect yourself from the world and just try to not have any of these voices and not be around any people that ever mess up. No, because the reality is, even if you tried to do that, even if I told you to do that, you can't. It's not possible. Like you can't just run from everybody because the reality is we all have a circle. We all have a circle of people that are around us and your circumstances in life will shape your circle. Like there are people around you, whether you like it or not, your roommates, hopefully it's not that bad, but your roommates, your family members, your coworkers, your teammates, the list could go on and on. There are people around you and circumstances in life, at least throughout different seasons in life, will shape the circle of people around you. And you can't always choose or decide who makes up your circle, but you can absolutely decide, you can absolutely choose who makes up your inner circle. Like, yes, you're gonna have a circle around you and, and a lot of times it's gonna be based on circumstances in life and you can't always control who's a part of your circle, but you can decide who's a part of your inner circle. I want you to just go with me for a second. Imagine that these chairs, uh, this chair in the middle here represents you. Like, this is your life. And then I want you to just think that these other two chairs represent your inner circle. What, am I, what do I mean by an inner circle? Well, these are the people that are really close with you, the people that are walking through life with you. 
Because isn't it true that regardless of how many people you know, and some of you, you, like, you know a lot of people, social media, Snapchat, all that, like, you might be like, you know, literally keeping up with 100 people a day, I don't know, it's crazy, but regardless of how popular you may be, how many people you might know or connect with on a daily basis, you probably only have a couple really, really close friends. You probably only have a couple people that are really a part of your inner circle. And here's the good news about an inner circle. Your inner circle, people don't enter in by accident. Like no one can invade your inner circle. No, they're invited, whether intentionally or not. Like maybe you've intentionally invited these people to be a part of your inner circle and asked them to come and be a part and they're, they're sitting in these seats. Or maybe you've said it's been unintentional, but you've welcomed them in. But people can't invade your inner circle. They're invited. And maybe you're thinking, well, Matt, how do I know like, who's sitting in these chairs? How do I know who's a part of my inner circle? You probably could tell me about your circle and the people that are around you and like your friends, but it might be a little bit more challenging to think about who's a part of your inner circle, who's sitting in these two chairs on your right and your left. Well, I don't know the exact answer to that question, but I do know something that's helped me think about this and think about who's a part of my inner circle. And it's usually when I think about when trouble comes into my life, who's still there? Because usually when trouble comes and when trouble breaks out, your friends do too. When trouble comes in your life, there go your friends. Maybe you've like been at a party before and the party has gotten a little bit out of hand. I know none of you have ever been at this type of party, but maybe so. But you could imagine um, if you have, or you've heard of people who have been at these types of parties, and I'm kidding. And uh, if the cops get called or security gets called or the RA gets called or whoever it might be because it's too late and the music's too loud and people catch word that, oh, the, the cops are coming, like the party's gonna get broken up, what happens? Everyone runs, right? Like it's like, get out, you know, until there's usually a, the person, whoever's house it is or apartment it is, and then what? A couple other people. There's a couple left and those are the people that are there to clean up the mess. And I think the same is true in your life. When trouble breaks out, when life gets messy, who are the people that are still there with you? Saying, hey, we're walking with you. We're a part of your inner circle through the good times and the bad. We're gonna be with you and we're gonna walk forward with you. Who are those people? Do you know that even Jesus had an inner circle? Like, yes, Jesus associated with everyone. Like, everyone was invited to be a part of Jesus' circle, but Jesus was very specific about who he allowed, who he invited into his inner circle. It's why he only chose a few. Because he said, man, I have to be really, really careful, really, really cautious about who sits in these chairs, who is a part of my inner circle. And do you know why? It's because your friends will determine the direction and quality of your life. I'm telling you, this is a guarantee. Your friends will determine the direction and the quality of your life. Another way to say it is this, as they go, you go. As they go, you go. If your friends are moving in this direction, it's just a matter of time before you start moving in this direction. If your friends are making these types of decisions, it's just a matter of time before you start making these decisions. If your friends are valuing and prioritizing these types of things, it's a matter of time before those become your values and priorities. As they go, you go. So here's the question that I wanna ask every single person in the room tonight. 
Where are you going? Where are you going? Tonight I want us to pause for just a few minutes that we have left together and I want us to evaluate our friends but also to evaluate ourselves. Because if it's true that we all have an inner circle and if it's true that our friendships will determine our future and that our friends will directly impact the direction and quality of our life and that our friends really, really matter, then it is so important that we pause and think about, really think about who is sitting in these seats, who we've allowed into our inner circle. Because if you have the wrong people in these seats, then it's a guaranteed way to ruin your life. King Solomon is one of the wisest people to ever walk on the, on the face of the earth. And King Solomon writes this in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20. Look at what he says. He says, walk with the wise and become wise for a companion of fools suffers harm. He says, hey, if you walk with the wise, you'll become wise. If your inner circle is wise people, if you have wise people sitting in these two seats, then you're gonna grow in wisdom. You're gonna make some wise choices. You're gonna go down the wise path. But then he goes on to say, a companion of fools will suffer harm. He doesn't say a companion of fools will become more foolish. No, he says it's worse than that. He says a companion of fools is actually gonna suffer harm personally. Have you ever stopped and just thought about maybe the reason you're always hurt is because your friends are fools? And I'm not trying to step on anyone's toes tonight. Like I knew this was the moment where some of you are gonna be like, oh, he just said that, you know? But it's true. Maybe the reason that you find yourself constantly filled with so much regret, so much pain in your life, and it's in a spot where you're like, how did I get here? I didn't wanna be here. I don't wanna be this type of person. I don't wanna feel this way. Maybe it's because you've been walking with people who are not the right people you need to be walking with, people who don't need to be a part of your inner circle. There's this principle right here. The people you walk with determine the path that you take. The people you walk with determine the path that you take. And listen, it doesn't matter how strong you think you are, it doesn't matter how spiritual you are, how moral you are, this is a principle that just holds true. The people you walk with are gonna determine the path that you take. It's so important for you to pause and to consider who is sitting in these two seats, who is, a, is your, a part of your inner circle. I wanna illustrate this to you, and uh, this is kind of a risky illustration. I'm not sure how it's gonna go over, but I'm just gonna uh, take a risk and go for it. I need a guy. Um, specifically, I need a dude who uh, is strong, and um, yeah, just a strong guy. I need a real strong guy. I was worshiping in the back back here earlier, and I think I saw a dude in a hoodie back here. Uh, my man, yeah, I think you're standing up. Yeah, come on up, come on up, bro. Uh, you, you fit the script for me, so just come on up. You're big, you're strong. I hope I'm not embarrassing you, but uh, yeah, yeah, take your time, take your time. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking about. We need like some music, some walk-up music. I don't know what that would be. All right. This is bold, man. I appreciate you being willing to come up here. You didn't have to say yes. You kind of did since I pointed at you and said, come on. But you could have been like, nope, and you could have walked that way. I don't know. Uh, what's up, bro? Uh, name? Jonathan. Jonathan. Okay, Jonathan. Uh, you look fit. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're stronger than I am, that's for sure. Um, Jonathan, you go to Georgia State, I assume. I see the pants, okay. You, you play any sports at Georgia State? 
You play football, okay, fitting, okay. Uh, that's amazing, congrats on an amazing season. Uh, you single? I am. You are, okay. Uh, what's your, uh, what's your, what's your, uh, <laughs> what's your Instagram handle? I'm kidding, I'm kidding, we're gonna stop it. <laughs> This is amazing, but uh, hey, he's single, so uh, y'all know. All right, Jonathan. <laughs> I'm sorry, bro. So here's, the, here's what we're gonna do. Um, I need you to stand up on this chair right here. Be careful, bro. Like, you're an athlete. I don't wanna, I don't wanna get a call from Coach Elliott being like, oh, why Jonathan break his ankle, you know? Um, okay, Jonathan, you're a strong guy, and here's what I want you to do. I want you to just, without like getting off the chair, I just want you to bend down and just try to pick me up. Just, just try to pick me up. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, come on, Jonathan, you're strong, bro. Come on, man. Jonathan, Jonathan. All right, yeah, it's, it's not happening probably. Okay, now, Jonathan, be careful here. I don't, again, I don't wanna hurt you. I'm gonna try to pull you down, so don't like, you know, fight me or anything, but I'm just gonna try to pull you down. Okay, that was real easy. Okay, thanks, Jonathan, you can, you can go. Uh, amazing. Here's the point I'm trying to illustrate. It's a whole lot easier to pull someone down than it is to pull someone up. It's a whole lot easier. Your friends, especially your inner circle, they have the power to pull you down quickly or to pull you up. But again, it's way easier to find people, to be around people that can pull you down because as you just saw, come on, it's way easier to pull someone down than it is to pull somebody up. It's why the Apostle Paul writes this to the believers, to the church in Corinth. Look what he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33. He says, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. He says, listen, don't fool yourself. Don't trick yourself into believing otherwise. He said, bad company will corrupt good character. Like if you have the wrong people in these seats, it's a matter of time before they pull you down. It's a matter of time before your character goes with it too. And so here's what I wanna give us tonight. I just wanna give us a couple things to think about as we begin to close. And I don't know where this is gonna hit. For some of you, the, some of these things might be like, hey, I'm good on that. Others of these, you might be like, I need to lean into that. For some of you, you might need to do all three of these things. Here's the first one. Some of you need to find them. You need to find the right people who should be sitting in these two seats who need to be a part of your inner circle. Some of you need to go out and you need to find them. And what type of people are you looking for? Well, you're looking for someone who is truthful, like someone who can be honest with you. Have you ever seen American Idol before? We got any American Idol fans in the room? Okay, it's a singing competition, like, the Voice has come out since then, a bunch of other shows. Well, when you, American Idol, the first few episodes, it's awesome, but it's also the worst thing ever. There's people that come on the show and they think they're so good at singing. Like they get out there and you know where I'm going with this if you've seen the show. And they're like, man, yeah, I'm really good. I'm telling you, Hollywood is for me. And then they start singing and it's like the worst thing you've ever heard. And you kind of feel for them because you're like, you've probably been told your whole life by people who love you deeply that you're really good at singing and you're not, you're terrible. <laughs> But here's the reality. If you're surrounded by people, if the people sitting in these two seats always compliment you, no matter what decisions you're making, no matter how crazy you're talking, if they are always just complimenting you and affirming you and being like, yeah, that's awesome, that's awesome, that's awesome, but never confronting you, then they're not the right people to be sitting in these seats because they're not willing to be honest and truthful with you. 
But you not only need people who are truthful, you need people who are trustworthy, right? You need people who can keep your secrets. Like when you tell them things, because you're gonna open up to these people, you're gonna share some things. And when you tell them some things, you need them to be able to be trustworthy enough to keep those secrets. Do you know that your secrets can be a pathway to someone else's success? Like, do you know why people share your secrets when you tell them your secrets? It's because they care more about themselves than they care about you. And let me just say this, while we're on topic, if you have a really close friend, someone who sits in these seats, and they're always telling you other people's secrets, what in the world makes you think they're not gonna go do the same thing to you? <laughs> Come on. You need people who are truthful, you need people who are trustworthy, you need people who are aligned. You don't need perfect people, but you do need people who are aligned and share similar values and wanna help you become the person you wanna be. Run, start running to the right places and you're gonna start running into the right people. Some of you need to find these people. Some of you need to start making friends with these people. Like you found them, now you need to make them. This one's gonna be shorter, but you just need to start being the type of friend that you want to have. Like if you wanna be around friends and have friends and have people sitting in these chairs that are super encouraging, then start being encouraging. Be the type of friend you wanna have. A lot of us, myself included, for a long time in my life, I believe that a true friend, like the type of friend that I want to be sitting in these chairs is just someone who loves me just as I am. And let me tell you, that is absolutely half true. A true friend is someone who loves you just as you are, but loves you way too much to let you stay there. Way too much. You need someone who is not just gonna always coddle you, but someone who's gonna challenge you at times and say, come on, you don't need to be making those decisions. You don't need to be going down that path. You don't need to be talking to him or her. We need to go down a different direction. We need to quit speaking to that person, start speaking to this person. Those are the type of people you need. Third, third, maybe you need to find them, maybe you need to make them, or maybe you need to move them. Listen, <laughs> you guys are awesome. <sighs> listen, listen, listen. I'm not saying that you have to disconnect from everybody. Again, that's not the point of this talk. You don't have to disconnect from everyone, but some people do need to be distanced. Some people are sitting way too close and you need to move them down a couple seats. Not saying, not saying you can never hang out with them or never watch a game with them or never talk to them. I'm just saying they may not need to be sitting in these seats. They may not need to be a part of your inner circle. Now listen, some of you are like, man, why is this even that big of a deal, Matt? Like, I think you're over-hyping all of this. I get it, but I kinda don't. Let me just say this. This has always been a big deal. Think about it. When God created Adam, first man on the earth, puts Adam in the garden, and what does he say to Adam? He says, Adam, it's not good for man to be alone. The first problem in the garden wasn't sin, it was isolation. He says, it's not good for man to be alone. Immediately, God is dressing, addressing this issue of relationships, of your inner circle, of how you need people around you. It's a really, really big deal, it always has been. And at the core of it all, do you know what we're really looking for in relationships? Do you know what we're really desiring in these types of people sitting in these chairs? 
We wanna be loved. We wanna we want know that someone cares. We wanna know that we can find belonging. We desire to be known. We wanna know that we have purpose because we want our lives to matter, to count for something more. We wanna have support. We wanna know that when life hurts most, there's gonna be people who are there to walk through it with us. And some of you are like, Matt, this is great, but where in the world am I gonna find that? Where am I gonna find love, belonging, purpose, and support? You tell me. Like, yeah, I'll look. I'll, I'll try to kind of rearrange my friends and shift some people down, all that, make these people, find these people, but I don't think it's gonna work out. And can I just suggest this to you tonight? This is a great place for you to start if that's you. I think the best place for you to begin in finding true friendship and finding these things that you're really desiring, love, belonging, purpose, and support, is to look to the one who created it. To look up and say, God, you invented this. And let me just tell you, God sent his one and only son, Jesus, and Jesus offers you every single one of these things and so much more. Everything you're looking for is found in Jesus. He offers you love, he offers you belonging, he offers you purpose, he offers you support, he offers you hope, he offers you peace, he offers you everything you're looking for. And tonight he says, I want a relationship with you. I wanna sit in these seats. I wanna be the first person that's a part of your inner circle. And so man, I think it would be such a miss if as we close out tonight, if I didn't give some of you an opportunity to say, I am stepping into that. I'm not gonna wait another day. Come on, in light of the events over the past couple days of the tragic news, some of you are hyper aware right now of thinking about your future and you're reminded that life is short. You're not promised tomorrow. And some of you tonight need to seriously consider and think about eternity and think, man, maybe tonight is the night that I seal that. Maybe tonight's the night where I, my life changes forever. My circumstances don't necessarily change, but man, my hope, my eternal hope can change. Because maybe tonight is the night where you step into a relationship with Jesus Christ. So if you would, just bow your heads all across the room. And if that's you tonight, you know God is knocking on the door of your heart and Jesus is calling out to you saying, come on, put your faith and trust in me. You don't have to clean yourself up. You don't have to get it all right. You don't have to know all the right things to say. All you have to do is say, Jesus, I want a relationship with you. I believe you died for my sins and I wanna step into faith in you. So if that's you tonight, would you just repeat this prayer after me? There's nothing special about this prayer. It just solidifies what God is already doing in your heart. Just say, Heavenly Father, I confess that I am a sinner in desperate need of a savior. I believe that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. And tonight I'm choosing to place my faith and trust in his death and resurrection. And I wanna follow Jesus from this day forward the best that I know how. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would keep your head bowed just for another moment. If you just prayed that prayer tonight for the first time and placed your faith and trust in Jesus for the very first time tonight, would you just shoot your hand up at me where I can see you? Yeah, I see hands going all up, all across the room. That's amazing. You can put your hand down. You guys can lift your heads up. Um, there's a bunch of people in our family that just put their faith and trust in Jesus tonight. 
And I'm not trying to manip- not trying to not trying to manipulate any moment, but we say all the time that this is a family. And you know what family does? Family celebrates with and for one another when huge things happen. And tonight, miracles have happened. People have spiritually gone from death to life because people have found hope in Jesus Christ and our resurrected Savior. So if, if you would, you don't have to do this, but if you would just give us the honor and the privilege to celebrate with you tonight, if you just put your faith and trust in Jesus tonight for the very first time, you just shot your hand up at me, made eye contact with me, I'm just asking, would you be so bold and so generous to stand so that we can celebrate with you? Would you just stand up right now, right where you are, if that was you tonight? You put your faith and trust in Jesus. Yeah, come on. Yeah, anybody else? Tonight was the night. You put your faith and trust in Jesus tonight. We just wanna celebrate with you. That's amazing. That's amazing. That's the greatest decision you could ever make with your life. I love it. So many people finding freedom and hope in Jesus. For some of you, you've put your faith and trust in Jesus at some point in your life, but you need to take your next step and. There's a whole lot of next steps you could take, but I think one of the best next steps that some of you could take is you could get baptized this semester at the living room. Baptism was what we believe is just a public declaration of your faith. It's you going public and saying, I'm a follower of Jesus. And if you've put your faith and trust in Jesus, then we believe your next step is to be baptized. So we've made it really easy. All you do is just text baptism to 89800. You'll get a text sent back to you at the form. You fill that form out, that'll get the process started. So if that's you tonight, I'm I'm telling you, don't wait. Take that step, take that step. Hey, would you guys stand with me as I pray for us tonight? Heavenly Father, you're so good. Just thank you, God, that you redeem terrible situations. God, all of us have, have sinned and therefore we've fallen short of the glory of God, but Because of your grace, because of your undeserved favor for us, we all can find freedom and hope from our sin in you. And God, there's a bunch of people in the room tonight, even if they didn't stand, that doesn't mean they didn't make a decision. There's a bunch of people in the room tonight that for the first time came alive to the hope and freedom that's found in Jesus and a relationship with him, and that's amazing. So God, tonight we thought, that we would just close out the night by celebrating and lifting your name high one more time and just proclaiming over whatever we're going through that you are our living hope. You're not a hope that once lived or a hope that will once again live, but no God, you're our living hope. You're alive and you're active and you're working in the city of Atlanta and across this country and across our world and you're working in the lives of a few hundred college students. So God, keep doing what only you could do. And God, we worship you tonight. It's in your mighty name we pray, amen.